You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor continues to do a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Of course, teachers, students gearing up for another school year. Now join us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline, a former coach slash teacher that is now officially retired. Our buddy uh, Randy Carr joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. How you doing this morning, bud? Hey, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, Jake. How odd, how odd does it feel now that you are officially retired after over three decades? Well, I'm going to tell you what, uh, it feels pretty good, to be honest with you, <laughs> knowing that I don't have to go out and get in that 110 heat index every day, and uh, I get to sleep a little later and drink my coffee in the morning slow, so it's not so bad so far. What do you think it's going to feel like, uh, not, of course, uh, the interaction with the students and then uh, not being on the sidelines on a Friday night? Well, you know, I feel like, Aaron, it's going to take a toll at some point. It hadn't reached that yet. Um, I think it's been a long time coming that I needed some time off. And uh, not to say I won't ever do it again, because you never say never. Well, I want to go in there with you because you had a long career, a number of different stops. I think I added up uh, 12 different stops throughout your uh, career. You reflect on it, and, and the number of coaches that you coached under or with, it's pretty darn impressive. Well, I'm going to tell you what. When you start talking about the people that I had the, the privilege and the honor to be under, you know, like Woody Bowles and, and uh, Charlie Brown, Jason Thompson, uh, you know, Dale Ashley, Lou Santamar. I mean, these these guys helped mold me over the years, and they taught me what coaching was all about. Hmm. Woody Boyles, of course, we see the name on the stadium. People that did not play for him or work with him, what would you say about his coaching style? What was he like? Well, Woody was, was a perfectionist. A lot of people don't know that, but he, you'd run a play, ten times in a row to get it perfect. And uh, we worked a whole lot more on offense than we did on defense back in those days. And uh, the one thing I can say about Woody is he taught a lot of life lessons to the young men that that were under him. And along the way, people like myself were able to pick up uh, what he was, you know, trying to teach to the young kids, and we were older. You mentioned his name, of course, Charlie Brown. Everybody knows the hard-nosed style. What was it like being under him for a few years? Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, to be honest with you, I did a lot of listening and not a whole lot of talking. Uh, I'd go in and, and sit and listen to he and and uh, Sonny Smith and Joe Coates and Gary Roberts in, in the varsity office there at Neville. And uh, he'd turn around and look and go, when would you get here? And I went, uh, been here about 30 minutes, Coach. He goes, why don't you say something? I said, what am I going to add to this? I said, I'm here to learn. You talk about the number of uh, coaches that uh, you worked for or under, and, of course, it, it spans uh, the state, the state north and south Texas. What did you, 
north and south Louisiana, what was the major difference that you found? Well, you know, north Louisiana, to me, um, as far as history goes, has, has has been a dominant force. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, the hard-nosed uh, farming kid that, that worked, you know, in the fields, and, and this is where it all started. And the kids down south, to me, uh, weren't as mentally tough as the kids up north. And uh, because of that, you saw a big disparity in the number of state championships with a lot of North Louisiana teams. But I think that, that the worm has turned a little bit, you know, with the Zachary's and the West Louisiana's and all those southern teams, Madison Preps, you know, that we played, it, you know, Things, things have changed. That's where the population is, is, down south. And so you have more players to work with. Motivation and, of course, inspiring kids. Was it all about just finding the right buttons to push with certain kids? Absolutely it was. I mean, when I was at Richwood, you know, we, you know, big coach Greg Williams, you know, he, he just said, Randy, do what you do. Do your thing. Do it the way you want to do it. He said, let's get the results. And with those kids, when I was at Richwood, it was finding the right button to push, the right thing to say. Sometimes you'd sneak up on me, and I didn't realize you'd be there. And then I'd have to tone it just a little bit sometimes. Uh, Well, thanks for reminding me. We actually have a clip here from 2003, I believe. The Rams, this may have been uh, before a meet. This may have been a quarterfinal or semifinal game, uh, correct? It It was a quarterfinal game. It sure was. State quarterfinal game. Here's Coach Carr firing up the Rams. It's going to come down to heart at some time during this game. It's going to come down to your heart. Is your heart big enough? Can you handle it? Is it worth it to you? Do you want to go the extra mile? Coach Saban always says their crowd's going to be yelling for them. Can you play when they're yelling for them? Their band's going to be playing for them. Can you play when their band's playing for them? Their cheerleaders are going to be cheering for them. Can you play when their cheerleaders are cheering for them? It's going to come down to intestinal fortitude and the guts that you got on this football field tonight. It's a bottom line, seniors. You couldn't ask for anything better right here. This is you and you alone. You understand? Oh, goosebumps right there. Man, and then a meet. That was a very good, talented team. Not to ruin the story, but they got the best Ooh, boy, of the they? Yeah. yeah, we scored first and, and we upset them. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Carr, you were on the you were on the verge of winning titles. I don't know how many times you made it to the state finals. What a seven in, with baseball and of course uh, football, and then finally you get the breakthrough with Sterlington. How sweet was that? Well, I'm gonna tell you, it, it was it was phenomenal to have all the pieces come together, and you know, Aaron, you talk about all the people that you you've been with throughout your career. You know, to get to that moment, and and before that, before that football game, I sent them all texts, all the people that I had their phone numbers that I'd coached with along the way, and I told them how much they meant to me, um, what a big part they would have in that game that night against Madison Prep. That everybody had told me that couldn't be beat. You know, and then, then the last thing I told them was. Don't let the wind blow up your skirts when we beat them. 
How big of an upset was that? I'm going to tell you, it was huge. I mean, those guys, I mean, what, they had seven or eight Division One players. They were so talented on both sides of the football. Um, the kids that we had at Sterlington were, were never quit kids. We had lost a couple of games early in the season pretty badly to OCS and to Loyola from Shreveport. And uh, it just came down to uh, – uh, who who's whose heart was bigger? Whose <laughs> intestines were were stronger? And uh, that night, when Noah Weatherly stopped that young man from Madison Prep for that two point conversion, all the stars had lined up. We had the right coaching staff with the right players, and it, it was, I was able to win my first state championship. And for a coach that, of course, had been knocking on the door, as I said, had been to a title game of some sorts seven times, it had to been an extra sweep to finally get over the hump. Oh, it was. I just felt like a, a huge load had been lifted off my shoulders. And, you know, in my career, uh, you know, having coached at that time for 32 years and uh, wound up coaching 33, and, you know, to, to be able to – feel that victory that I've seen so many other coaches do, the Chick Childresses, you know, the Charlie Browns, and uh, to feel what they felt was just magnificent. Hmm. Uh, Randy Carl, let's wrap this up as you hang up the whistle, and, of course, you get a young coach that comes to you asking for advice. What do you tell them? Love the kids, whatever you do. If you don't do anything else, when you're on that football field, you love the kids. Appreciate the time, bud. We'll see you at a game uh, very soon. You'll be in the stands or probably roaming the sidelines as a spectator. Should be fun. Thanks, bud. (laughs) Thanks, A.D. I appreciate you, man. Good stuff. Randy Carr, 33 years in the business. Hanging it up. Yeah, um, and I still go back to that. Sherlock the Madison prep game. I mean, that's Aaron. You've been here for 18 years. Is that the craziest thing you've seen as far as upsets go in the moment? Nobody was picking Sterlington. Let's face it. Nobody picked Sterlington to beat Madison prep. Everybody's talking about how many athletes, how many guys are going to the next level for Madison prep. I continue to go back uh, doing the interviews down there leading up to it. And I think the Coach was Roach was his name, Madison Prep. Yeah. Interviewing and say, hey, uh, what do you think about Sterlington? What have you seen on film, on tape from the Panthers? I haven't watched him. Mm-hmm. When he said that, I said, you want to talk about total disregard for your opponent and no respect for what Sterlington has. I thought Sterlington had a really good chance to win when I saw both teams run out onto the field. And I know that sounds silly. But Madison Prep was too loose. You need to be loose. It's good to be loose. But they were too loose. It was like they just didn't care. And like well, oh, I watched just, Madison Prep. It must have been the week before, or two weeks before, oh, down in Mangum. Uh-huh. It was just a monsoon. I thought, oh, this is going to play in the Dragons' favor. And they came out, and they were so confident, and they had that swagger. And, of course, the rain had a lot to do with it. slowed down the game yeah. early on. I thought maybe these are the perfect conditions. But I remember Nichols hit the corner for Mangum. And in fact, Nichols gets to the corner. He's gone. A 60-yard touchdown. They literally had two guys that ran him down after yeah. seven yards. They had the athletes, man. Yeah. They had a lot of good ones. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, what a game! That was that was still just an incredible moment. We got one more uh, motivational speech from Carr. Certainly worth playing. Boy, he had some good ones through the years. This is another one from his days at Richwood. And that's what you're going to have to do tonight. You're going to have to reach out and get it. At some point in this football game, you're going to have to make a difference and go through it wholeheartedly. Now don't you don't, don't look up and see that ring gone because that ring goes on your finger because that's a state championship and a district championship. Stuff gets me fired up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, real quick, uh, a little bit of breaking news from Brett McMurphy. Uh, LSU and Florida State agree to a two-game neutral site series. Uh, 2022, they'll open up in New Orleans, and in 2023, they'll play in Orlando. Nice. Yeah. 888-993-7762. It is Top 10 Thursday. The topic today is... Moments in sports that would have absolutely shut down social media. That coming up. Plus, we'll uh, look ahead to New Orleans versus uh, Jacksonville. First preseason game of the year for the Saints. Garland Gillen from Fox 8 Sports will join us around 840 or so. The morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. All right, full disclosure, I forgot it was Thursday, so I didn't come up with a list like Jake. Didn't do my research. Didn't do my homework. But I was able to pull up a Randy Carr speech from 2003. You get no credit for that? No. <laughs> 15 years ago? No. Uh, Royce, with a great question that ties into Top 10 Thursday. What would have blown up Twitter more? Joe Namath guaranteeing the Jets would beat the Colts in Super Bowl three. the Jets actually winning the game, or Namath doing a pantyhose commercial? <laughs> I go through prediction first. Yeah, I, I was thinking prediction, but I actually think or the, the party game. afterwards. I actually think the game would. Because everyone would have come back and said, holy crap, he actually did it. <laughs> he actually pulled it off. And, you know, what was cool, I got to talk with Johnny Robinson last week or two yeah. weeks ago, and he played in Super Bowl four. He was telling me that the attention for that game was so high because of what Namath did the year before. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was so much attention on that Super Bowl because it was one year after uh, Namath and, and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a good question, Royce. Jake was six years old, and I was filming Randy Carr giving a speech at Richwood. Maybe you said not. 15 years ago? Yeah. Come on. I'm not that young. <laughs> uh, when Roy Hobbs went yard and blew out the electrical system. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Barry Bonds' record home run season, and then, of course, yeah. the McGuire Sosa year. Look, I thought about that uh, because that was really fun, too, just the chase to 70, yeah. you know. I, I thought about that. Also, a good one here that I excluded I didn't want to, but Larry says uh, Magic Johnson opens up that he has HIV. How is that on, not on your top it, Look, it's a tough list. I mean, all of these are – In the list that I just put together over the course of, what, 10 minutes, Magic Johnson and the announcement comes in at number two for me. And uh, another one, Babe Ruth calling his shot. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah. And an all-time legendary sports moment. Um, the Giants beating the undefeated Patriots would have blew up social media. That was right on the cuffs of social media. But I think it was still right before. Um, I think that's all the text we got. 888-993-7762. You can weigh in on the yeah. Moody State Farm text line. Jake's uh, top ten list continues. We are down to number four. What do you got, Jake? I got Tanya Harding. Um, uh, just, you know, her ex-husband and her bodyguard hired to. <laughs> you're also just <laughs> a legend. big fan of I, Tanya the movie. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's still a crazy yeah. moment. I mean, did this actually happen? Like, you read it, you're like, surely this is 
this is real? Are you sure? Um, but yeah, it's a break Nancy Kerrigan's leg in the days. And the fact that it happened in the same place, the arena where everything is taking place, like how does that happen? Where's the security at? It's just such a wild story that I think social, it would have been on social media. We would all have been going, this has to be fake. Like, how much security back in the day did you need for figure skating? <laughs> That's a good point. But still, still, um, number three for me, Tyson biting the ear. Yes. Biting Evander Holyfield's ear. Um, you know, I thought about the whole Buster Douglas upset. Those who knew boxing really well, um, that is one of the craziest upsets of all time. But, I, you know, I, I looked more into that, too, is, you know, Buster Douglas' mom died right before that. And every everybody knew that he had talent. He just didn't put it together. And for whatever reason, when his mom died, it all clicked. It's like, I'm going to put it all together. Yeah. So he shocked the world when he beat Tyson. Um, but, yeah, I got him biting. Holy fit. You could also do him being incarcerated. Uh, again, there's a lot of moments for Tyson, even his press conferences. Tyson is like uh, Michael Jordan. There are so many moments in his legendary career that would make the list. Yes, yes. But I ultimately went the, with the ear because we had never seen that. Somebody yeah. biting someone's yeah. ear. Like, just insane. Um, number two for me is Malice at the Palace. Uh, I just, again, what an incredible scene. Like, just to, to have that be live on television because ESPN was airing that game and they continued their coverage. To have that be live. I remember still sitting there in my living room going, what is happening? This this brawl that took place in the stands and then carried out onto the court. I mean, it was Well, insane. you were like eight years old. You probably hadn't seen violence like that before. I was, was that 04? I think it was 04. So I was, what, 13? So, I mean, I, I remember it very clearly. I mean, it young was, jokes aren't getting old. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, come up with some new material, Dietrich. Um <laughs> But still, that that moment—if you would have had fans in the stands with cameras, yeah. camera phones, and been able to put that on social media—you'd have had so many different views of one of the wildest scenes in sports. And my number one, of course, O.J. Simpson. You know, people who are old enough typically say, "I remember where I was when the O.J. Simpson car chase took place," and I remember where I was with with 9/11. Yeah, the verdict as as well. So, O.J. Simpson. No doubt. You you came up with a list in, what, five minutes? Was that – O.J. Simpson's number one. Yeah, has Either to be. The, the chase or the trial. You could go 1A, 1B, of course. The verdict, group it all together. The chase, though, the way that that would have played the out. The slow cars. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that would have blew up Twitter. Yeah. And that's ultimately what this whole debate was about. Right. I mean, there's no, no, there's no question about it. That was my number one. I was working around that. It's kind of like when we did the LSU football players. Billy Cannon was one. Working and then, of course, that. the slow chase extends for how long uh -huh. during the game. I mean, there's just so many different. It made people stop and tune in yeah. and say, what is happening? I, I, I kind of had Magic Johnson and, of course, the HIV announcement because I think all sports fans remember where they were at and, of course, uh, How circumstances if you had HIV, AIDS at that point. True, true, yeah. Uh, Jordan's retirement certainly needed to be up there, and you could certainly group all of them together. Which one? Yeah, Jordan's retirement, then, of course, baseball, you know, his debut in the minor leagues. You throw in the fact then Jordan comes back. I know I'm not comparing them as players, but we got a little taste of that with Tebow going to play baseball yeah. just because of how much attention Tebow gets. 
So for that reason, I, I left that off. Miracle on the on ice, of course, sure. 1980, sure. USA with a stunning upset. And then, as you mentioned, uh, just the dynamics with Tyson. And he could go so, so many different ways, the stunning upset to Buster. But for a guy to bite another guy on the ear and to bite it off. That's insane. <laughs> insane. Yeah. And fighting, and we talked about this a little bit leading into it this week. Uh, Bo and Holyfield, and, of course, the guy parachuting, parachuting in. in. You got that on your list? I had it as honorable mention. And then, of course, just great games and the way that they finished. North Carolina State, of course, shocking and knocking off Houston. I Lorenzo tried to, Charles. I, I, I tried to veer away from games. I kept the, the miracle on ice because it was such a big upset. I also thought about Yankees, Red Sox, you know, them coming down, coming back from being down three games. But ultimately, I wanted to go with moments. You know, and just, ultimately, things that are bigger than just one game. Right. right. You know, the O.J. Chase, the verdict. And sure. The HIV announcement. The, the stabbing on the tennis court, the Tanya Harding thing. Like, that's what I was trying to go for. A couple of texts there for you to read on the Darren Moody State Farm text line. I think Todd is trying to uh, agitate you. Agitate LSU fans. He says, in 2004, when LSU and USC split the national championship, I uh, got a text here, Kurt, Fl- Kurt Flood refusing to accept being traded to the Phillies and challenging the MLB's reserve clause unsuccessfully in front of the Supreme Court. How many times would the word ungrateful be used? Is that all of them? Did I read them all? Yes. Okay. Uh, you can continue to weigh in. Coming up next, uh, let's talk a little high school football along with the Saints versus the Jags tonight. we got a number of preseason games to look at. What are the talking points with 12 games on tap tonight. Give me Baker, baby. I need to see Baker in action. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. All right, we've got some preseason football tonight, including the Saints versus the Jags. Jake, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? Quite a few things. Um, I can't really pinpoint just one thing. I, I think I'm really interested in seeing what Boston Scott does. Wow. I mentioned that earlier, the fact that He's battling to climb the ladder. There's an open spot for the first four games. Someone to help carry the load with Alvin Kamara. Can he jump over West Vereen? It's, it's going to be a tough task, but, hey, what if he goes out there and really puts on a show? So that's what I, I'm really interested in. Uh, I want to see Traquan Smith. I want to see what all the buzz yeah. is about. We've seen him in college. He's made quite a few plays. Um, but he has this big play factor in fall camp so far. I want to see if that translate over. Uh, to, the, to the actual games because we've seen it with with Coleman in the past he can be he can look like Superman at practice and then when it comes to game time eh, not so much so I want to see it translate over for Smith um, obviously Taysom Hill you know the, the backup quarterback situation I'm not interested in Savage Savage will get the start but uh <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're getting with Savage but I want to see when Hill comes in I want to see if he can you know, make some moves, and I, I'm hopeful that he can climb to number two in the depth chart. But it's it's like what Gus said earlier in the week. If if number nine goes down, we're all in trouble. Yeah. Okay, let's make no you know bones about that. But at the end of the day, I, you still want a valuable number two guy, and I'm hopeful that he'll can evolve into that guy. I don't know how much we're going to see of Marcus Williams, but he continues to tear it up in camp. His emergence, of course, of being a major playmaker on that defense. A guy to certainly keep an eye on. I'm surprised you didn't mention one of your LSU guys in Will Clapp, the seventh-round draft pick. He's playing a number of roles for the Saints up sure. front. Yeah, I mean, of course he's on there. But I think for me, you asked me for my top ones, 
I put these two ahead of Mantateo. I want to see what he does at linebacker. I want to see what the linebacker unit looks like. Um, I also want to see that defensive tackle spot. You know, on the projected depth chart, Sheldon Rankins and uh, David Anyamata are both. It, it's a slash. It's not a number one, number two guy. And I think the reason for that is because Anyamata was um, graded out better last season. So I think the Saints are rewarding that. And I think it's kind of a a poke at Sheldon Rankin saying, hey, you need to go out there and you need to produce, sir. And so I'm interested in seeing how he performs. Sean Payne really didn't tip his hand much on the game plan for tonight or how much we'd see, if any, of the starters. But uh, Drew Brees was asked earlier this week about Alvin Kamara, what a dynamic player maker he is in the backfield, what he enjoys about his game, and what he anticipates not only from Kamara but also this improving defense. I'm trying to keep the guy humble, you know, but um... – he uh, he can do he can do some things, you know. Um, he's made a couple he's made a couple cuts in this camp where I'm just like, you know. Um, he's got he's got he's got a skill set that's that's very unique, you know, very unique, very rare. What I what I love most about him is his is his approach, and his demeanor. I don't think he's getting too far ahead of himself. I think he understands what it takes to be a great player in this league. I think he's got a great mentor, veteran, you know, teammate in Mark Ingram. You know, who's, listen, Mark, Mark's traveled a tougher road to get here, you know. I mean, Mark, beginning of his career, you know, bitten by the injury bug, you know, was kind of part of that backfield with Pierre and, and Sproles and kind of sharing time. But, you know, we, we weren't quite sure, you know, what we had until maybe year four or five for Mark, you know. And to his credit, man, he just stuck with it and he got better and better and kind of turned himself from, from being just in, uh, uh, between the tackles back to an every down back, you know. And, you know, maybe things have come a bit more naturally for Alvin, but but still, there's there's that process that takes place. You know, with the preparation and everything else. You know, you're never going to win out there just on raw talent alone. And I think I think um, Alvin understands that, and I think he's intelligent. I mean, one of the most intelligent guys I've been around. You know, when it comes to just absorbing the game and then being able to go out and execute it, and like tell him something one time. Like our communication is really good both outside the huddle and in the huddle and just like at the snap. You know, I mean, I'm standing there in the backfield and we're kind of having, the, you know, having these conversations at times. So it's um, just one day at a time with him. But, man, you, you know, you feel like he's a weapon that, you know, defenses have to, have to figure out a way to deal with. Traditionally, defenses have been a little maybe ahead of the offense when camp first starts. But how competitive it is facing this defense right now? Ours, it's very competitive. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying to breed a, an attitude and a culture over there and, you know, come together and, and, and establish an identity just like we are as an offense. You know, we've got, we've got a bunch of new faces, receiver position, guys that are going to have to step in and play some pretty big roles for us. So we're all kind of trying to find each other still at this stage in camp and figure out, you know, define the roles. And um, obviously there's a lot of football yet to be played. I mean, gosh, we haven't even played a, one preseason game yet, right? So, uh, you know, more than four weeks before game, week one. But... I like the I like the, the the path that we're on right now. Drew Brees leading in tonight's game versus the Jags, and uh, Garland Gillen from Fox Eight Sports will join us here in a few minutes to have more on this matchup. You look at tonight's schedule, twelve games in all, Jake, and you kind of look at well, what do I want to watch? Uh, the Browns. Hello. Uh, I think you would have to start with the Colts in Seattle. Andrew Luck. Yeah. They said Andrew Luck is projected to play a quarter in this game. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, 
how long have we been discussing Andrew Luck and Forever. if he can throw a football? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Doctor segment wasn't even a football. Can he throw a tennis ball? Yeah, yeah. The Doctor segment was basically the Andrew yeah. Luck segment. Saul Graves got so sick and tired of me asking that question. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've watched some interviews with Andrew Luck um, this this off season. How he, you know, questioned whether or not he still wanted to play football because of the injuries. And of course, the people that talked to him and, and kind of. Encouraged him to, to continue fighting and continue with the rehab and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I want to see if Andrew Luck, at this point in his career, Aaron, is Andrew Luck a bust? No, not a bust. Not a bust. Number one overall pick, said to be one of the greatest prospects we've seen since per- yeah. Peyton Manning coming and into the draft. And he was well on his way until the injury. Not one of the greatest I know ever, it's not but he's his, one of the elite quarterbacks. I know way. it's not his fault yeah. because he got injured, but I'm saying – you know, injuries happen. I think you can still be considered a bust if you get injured. No? Games tonight on the NFL Network. You got uh, the Cowboys versus San Fran. Certainly want to see some Xavier Woods, maybe Trent Taylor. For sure, yeah. And, and also, Jimmy G, if he's playing. I don't know if he's playing or not. Um, any cutaways with the uh, girlfriend? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> any double takes? Yeah. Musburger should be calling that game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I listen to announcer uh, drooling. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta move on. We're gonna get in trouble. There are things I like want to say, but I can't say. So you're telling me the Cleveland versus the Giants on at the same time as uh, the Saints. You would maybe watch more of the. No, I'm gonna watch the Saints for sure. I, I just am very curious as to what, what what do you know what channel the Browns are coming on? Do you have that in front yeah, of you? Yeah, NFL Network. Okay. It's uh, they got a double header tonight. Yeah, I need to find out if I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn tonight. If I get the NFL Network, I'll record it. But if not, I'll just have to watch highlights. Uh, should we even go through this list? Carolina, Buffalo, Chicago versus Cincinnati, Tampa well, Bay versus Miami. Buffalo is Josh Allen playing. Uh, I assume he is. I want to see that just because of how criticized he's been at, at camp. You know, you see these videos of him overthrowing. Um, you know, these little intermediate routes, and you're like, Ey. and of course, everybody takes that video and go, Oh, I told you he was overrated, I told you he was a you know, project. So, I think, yeah, Josh Allen, Buffalo's something to keep an eye on. Steelers versus the Eagles have the Redskins squaring off against Eagles. the Patriots. Eagles is interesting because of the news this week of both Wentz yeah. and Foles being out. So, who's playing quarterback? Or is one of them going to be healthy enough to play week one? Hmm. There's some interesting storylines. Paul Turner get a chance with the Patriots tonight. And then you look at the Redskins, Cam Sims and Martez Carter. Look for them late in the ballgame. And Darius Geis. Yeah, you know, Darius after, Geis. after the whole news of him falling in the draft, I want to see what he looks like. Yeah, man, you can find a really compelling story. Even though it's preseason and the games aren't that good, you can still find something to latch on to and a reason to, to tune in. Also have the Rams versus the Ravens, Tennessee versus Green Bay, Houston and Kansas City, and as we mentioned, Dallas, San Fran, and the Colts and the Seahawks. Preseason football tonight, plenty of it on. Of course, uh, we're all excited about it, and tomorrow morning we'll be like, man, exhibition football sucks. Johnny weighs in. He says, not a bust if you get major injury, but continually getting injured is considered a bust. And Tony says, we all want to see Baker Mayflop. (laughs) 888-993-7762 coming up after the break. We break down the Saints with Fox 8 Sports. So Jake discovers during the commercial break why he doesn't know this by now, that he does not have the NFL Network. 
This deal just keeps getting worse. Yeah. You're going to have to change your package. No. I'll, fi- I'll find a way. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. Yes, a young whippersnapper like way, yourself. Found, found the ways to watch NBC, so that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> so. 888-993-7762. We are certainly looking forward to watching the game tonight between New Orleans and Jacksonville. First preseason game of the year for the Saints. And we always love catching up from Fox 8 Sports in New Orleans. Garland Gillen. What's up, bud? We're waiting on uh, Garland. We are waiting on Garland. Thus, we will tap dance and talk about the, the games tonight. So, the Saints, Aaron. I've already kind of gave, given you what I'm looking forward to. Of the things that I, I named, being the defensive tackle position, linebacker position, Boston Scott, Traquan Smith, Taysom Hill, what catches your eye the most? And don't just say Boston Scott because of where we are. No, I think it would be the running back's position, first of all, because it wouldn't be if you knew you had Mark Ingram for the first four games. But the whole dynamic now, of course, with him being suspended, and you know we're not going to see a lot of Alvin Kamara. Rightfully so. We should. But Hope then, we don't. you remember Sean Payton back in uh, training camp was talking about the fact this will be the opportunity. He kind of wanted to get a good look at the young guys, and he wanted to see how that would play out. Then the tune kind of changed a little bit when then he brings in Terrence West. He brings in the likes of Shane Vereen, and now you're looking at this backfield, and there's, what, six of them on the roster right now. Where's the mix? Where's the right combination of players, especially for that first four games? Certainly. And does Boston Scott, as a sixth-round draft pick out of Louisiana Tech, does he have a shot to make this roster? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's it's very high because of that. I still think I go to Taysom Hill. I, I know. I, I just I want to see if this guy is worth the buzz, mm. right? Jeff Duncan came up with that great piece earlier this year. And it got me anxious to see what the both the Packers and the Saints saw in him at quarterback. We, we've seen it in college, but it's much it's a much different game. Okay, you get to the NFL. I want to see what he looks like against um, you know NFL talent. So for that reason, I'm I'm very I, that might be top of my list. But you know, so another thing that I didn't mention is the return game. A lot's been made about that. One other thing about the quarterbacks, and, and you think you know what Savage offers, and that's the wild card in terms it. of Hill. You think that that could add another dynamic. But how many times have the Saints had a, a quarterback behind Drew Brees that has actually been dynamic? Chase no Daniel. disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go, down, let's go down another route. Did you see the clip Mr. now? Trubisky? It, yeah, Chase Daniel, and why he wasn't practicing, I don't know, but he – I think it was after practice. Okay, so his teammates are out on the practice field, and, and they're signing autographs. So Chase goes, and he puts on a little bit of a disguise, mm-hmm. and he gets in line, and he's trying to get autographs from his teammates, and literally none of his teammates recognize him. Yeah, because he never looks up. Yeah. He's wearing like a hat or something, yeah. and he's looking down, and Mr. Trubisky signs his jersey that he's wearing. <laughs> and then he looks over, and he's like, who was that? So you give him a pass just because the, the players it was well are paying done. attention. I, by I didn't know it was him either. Uh, I mean, I knew because it was entitled in the video, but you can't tell. He yeah. doesn't ever look up. Okay. So Back to the original point. Uh, if Drew Brees goes down, who can uh, kind of ride the ship, hold, it, hold down the fort for perhaps a quarter or a game? Because we all realize if he goes down for more than that, Saints are in major, major trouble. Absolutely. But back to the return game. We've been – what? <laughs> We've been uh, we've been reading these quotes like the bachelor quotes with the roses and 
Of course, they go out and they add to their roster because nobody's, you know, grabbing this spot and running away with it. So for that reason, I want to see what they look like in their turn game tonight. Is is Lewis going to step up and take that spot? Can Boston Scott make some ways? Maybe he gets an opportunity. He was he was battling for for some reps there. So yeah, uh, that's another area uh, that if you're a Saints fan, you want you know to see if the Saints get a guy that can maybe change the game in that aspect. Because so far, if you're going off of Sean Payton's quotes, they don't have that guy yet. And you mentioned, of course, the fact that uh, Traquan Smith, he's been one of the stars, if not the star of training camp so far. The speed that he gives him, a rookie third-rounder out of Central Florida, does he make a play or two in an exhibition game? I think so. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Um, and also, Mente, I tell you, I, I said I was looking forward to him. Kind of fused this topic with our Top Ten Thursday topic. Remind me, that was, I mean, that was like at the start of Twitter, wasn't it? I mean, what, 2012-ish? Yeah, Twitter is. Twitter was pretty established. I feel like Twitter really became established like three to four years ago, like where everybody was on it. Mm. So, yes, it was a big thing on Twitter. There were a lot of jokes, but I think in today's world, if that happened, oh, can you imagine the gifs and the memes? Mm. So that could have got some, some I, I guess, some recognition just because it was in the early stages of Twitter. Uh, then, of course, you look at a tight end like a Dan Arnold, big 6'6 frame. How could he be utilized? Yeah, for sure. Um, also, here's a text here going back to the top 10 Thursday. Tony says, one of the saddest, most profound moments in sports was Arthur Ashe contracting AIDS from a blood transfusion. He was a tennis player, but still, he, here's an amazing athlete who contracts AIDS in a non-nefarious way. This, that story always bums me out. We continue to ask uh, moments, of course, that would blow up Twitter. Uh, Jake had some good ones earlier in the show. Of His course. top ten. Yeah, um, and now that I think about it, Steve Bartman probably should have been higher. But you didn't even have him on your list, so what are you to say? Uh, Steve Bartman, Kobe, Shaq, Feud, Pete Rose, Ben on the Field, Miracle on the Ice, just a couple of those. Nice. Uh, we now have uh, from Fox 8 Sports, Garland Gillen joining us on the D Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Hey, bud, how you doing today? And what kind of introduction is that, man? Come on. Hey, I gave the great here, introduction. I, I gave the great introduction eight minutes ago when you were supposed to be on the show. <laughs> what? Yes. Call the phone. I'm ready. Um, all right, all right, Garland. Let, let's start here. Hey, by the way, you got Drew Brees, and I played. Uh, you you made you were on the air earlier this week. You asking the hard hitting questions of Drew Brees, and he opened up a little bit about, of course, his family and being in the fourth quarter of his career. It's got to be really refreshing to hear a star player, future Hall of Famer like that, when he has moments like that, and he can kind of be forthcoming about his comments. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, he's on a two year contract right now. And the belief around New Orleans is if the Saints do win it this year, uh, which they have a great chance to, um, that he might retire, might call it a day after this season. He told us in the offseason after he signed his contract on a conference call that um, he has a, a, an endpoint in mind. He's talked to Brittany Breeze about his wife, and he's not going to tell us. So I'm intrigued to see um, – how this all plays out, but if they win it this all, this season in Atlanta, which is a big if because it's a long NFL season, uh, that he might be no longer in the black and gold. Hmm. The whole motto of this uh, offseason is training camp. 
Prove them right. You've been out at training camp. You've been watching all these practices. How good does this squad and this franchise look? Aaron, uh, obviously optimism is really high with this team, but there's still a, a few worrisome spots right now. Uh, Marcus Davenport has missed six practices in a row. The defensive end that the Saints traded their first-round pick this year for and their first-round pick uh, next year for. So that, that's a spot that you're kind of worried about. Um, the offensive line, yes. The starters up front are a solid group. The backups are not good. They get destroyed uh, in practice on most days. So no injuries on the offensive line. And we still don't know who the backup running back is right now for the first four games. I know these are like, you know, first-world problems, but uh, they have, they have a, a, some tough games in the first uh, four. I mean, they should go 2-0, and beat the Browns and the Bucks, or the Bucks in the week one, Browns in week two. But they go to Atlanta in week three. That's a huge early season matchup. And then week four, you got the Giants. I know the Giants have struggled in the past, but new coaching staff in there. Odell Beckham Jr. seems refreshed there. Saquon Barkley running back. Um, so you need to figure out who that guy is right now. And is it Terrence West? Is it Jonathan Williams? Uh, is it Shane Vereen? Uh, one of your guys uh, up your way, Boston Scott's had a strong camp. Uh, I mean, who can't be a fan of this guy? I mean, I'm 5'7". He's right around the same height as me. Uh, he, he, obviously, he looked, he's a lot bigger than me because he lifts weights that look like every single day. He's a big dude. But he was a walk-on at Louisiana Tech. Um, he's a fun guy to watch and practice there. I think he has a legitimate shot to make the team at running back and on special teams. We've had conversations about running back and where Boston fits in, and we certainly look forward to seeing him tonight. The quarterback situation and the backup, uh, how do you think it weighs behind Drew Brees? Is it Savage or is it Hill, or will it be determined over the next couple of weeks? I think right now it's Savage and Hill's third team. Um, this could change, but right now Savage is still shown that he's a capable backup. You know what's crazy, Aaron, about this is that Hill's in his second year in the league. Um, Savage and Hill are the same age. They're both 28 years old, but mm-hmm. – Taysom Hill uh, is Mormon, so he went on the two-year mission. Um, he had injuries at Brigham Young, so he played all five seasons there. So uh, they're the same age, but Tom Savage has a ton more experience. I will say this. If Savage is the number two, then the special teams uh, looks a lot better with Taysom Hill back there. He is a beast on special teams. He plays the up back. He holds the, uh, the uh, field goals. He's the holder. Uh, he's going to play on every grouping on special teams. If he's the backup, that ain't happening at all. He, they're going to have to get somebody uh, else to uh, do all that on special teams. If he's the number three guy, he's going to be on every special teams grouping. Hmm. Trey Quan Smith, how good has this kid been so far? <laughs> Aaron, he's one of the he's one of the uh, one of the big guys in camp so far. He's really showed out. Um, Cameron Meredith right now is the number three. Cameron Meredith uh, is coming off an injury, um, so he's still not a hundred percent. I don't believe. But Traquan Smith is a burner. Uh, I posted a, a video of him the other day on uh, Twitter. I think you might have got tackled. I don't know because they're just touching right now. But, dude, he bolted like 80 yards. It looked like he got shot of a cannon. Um, he's one of the guys in camp that I've been really impressed with. But, Aaron, i, I got to say, the, the biggest star camp so far is, is Marcus Williams. Um, he had a solid season last year. I know a lot of fans are just going to think about one play, but you got to move on from that play. The game's over with. Uh, he moved on from that. He has been balling out at this camp. He picked up Drew Brees three days in a row. Uh, 
he is a lockdown safety, and uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do in year two with the black and gold. Give me a name or two. Third quarter, fourth quarter rolls around. Who should we be watching? <laughs> well, I want to see Taysom Hill. I mean, everybody wants to see Taysom Hill. I mean, when he when he gets the ball in practice and he's doing the read option and uh, and he's throwing a deep ball, people get excited. So um, I no doubt want to see Taysom Hill do. And I brought him up. I, I actually really want to see what Boston Scott does. I, I really liked the interview on the other day. He seems like a great kid. Uh, he's from the Baton Rouge area. I mean, he's one of our own. I mean, he's a Louisiana guy. So I'm really excited to see what Boston Scott uh, can do. So I'm going to be definitely watching some of these offensive guys. Girl, and final question, uh, watching you guys' interviews and the press conferences with Sean Payton. Is he mellowing out a little bit, or is it just because of this team that he has and perhaps that it's so early in training camp so far? It's still training camp, Aaron. There's going to be some adversity once the regular season hits, so he's going to probably change his tone a little. But he has mellowed out. There's, there's no doubt about it. Patrick Robinson, uh, who played with the Saints before, went to the Philadelphia Eagles, came back, said he doesn't yell as much as he used to. Um, yes, he has a really good team right now, so that can help out with the cause, Aaron. But uh, he, he has mellowed out over time, man. You can't, you can't keep that level uh, your whole life. you got to bring it back just a little bit over time. Um, and uh, I, I think it's just been a, it's been a more laid back camp. I mean, they're 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 one of the favorites to represent the NFC in the title game, and uh, everything's smooth right now. There really hasn't been any big injuries in camp. Uh, Davenport, what he what he has right now is not a major injury, so he will be back. So right now everything's smooth. When they have some adversity, it might change a little. Garland, uh, for listeners out there that want to see more of these videos and, of course, get insight and perspective from you, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is at Garland Gillen. That's G-A-R-L-A-N-D-G-I-L-L-E-N. And I, I've been posting a lot of videos at training camp. I'll probably be posting some games, uh, game video tonight since uh, the game is on our air locally in New Orleans. So you nice. can see it across Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama uh, against Jacksonville. That's at 6 o'clock tonight on the Raycom Network. So, uh it's exciting stuff, and, and Dietrich, we're together now, dude. Our, our companies are emerged, so uh, yes. we're back together, I feel like. Yes, but just the next time that we call, please answer your phone here in a couple of weeks. I must have missed that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was running <laughs> around, but I'm here. I was okay. here for you now, Darren. All right, bud. Thank you. My teammate, Alan Gillard. <laughs> From Fox 8 Sports. Don't have enough time for our parting shot as we look ahead to Friday. Of course, we'll be breaking down this preseason game and the number of games of exhibition football also, tomorrow, Skip Holtz will actually join us with Louisiana Tech head coach, how the first week of practice has gone so far. He's scheduled sometime around 7.30 or so. We'll have a high school coach on. Also, I think tentatively scheduled, Matt Viator's wife mm. will join us at some point. Interesting. Yes. Um, I like the digs you took at Garland, first of all. You, so, you just can't give him a pass. No, I, no, I, I said I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah. Secondly, um, Social media has not had a great reaction to this LSU-Florida State news. People are upset that LSU's not doing the home-and-home, that they're doing these neutral site games. Of course, recruiting uh, probably has a lot to do with that. I heard ticket sales for uh, Miami LSU is still a pricey ticket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody have a great day. We'll be back bright and early on Friday morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. 
To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.